0: All right, we'll, uh, hey, Willa. I'm with Willa. Yeah, so what's going? What's spotting. the situation in Toronto?
1: Toronto's doing really well. Um, <laughs> unlike the neighbors across yeah. the border, um, we we don't have a lot of cases on the daily now. Yeah. Um, probably like 200, 300 a day. I think nationwide.
0: Nationwide. Maybe. It's not maybe bad.
1: Online. Maybe I'm lying. It might be just Ontario. <laughs> it's Ontario. Please, still... please cut that out. <laughs>
0: Wait, how, many, how many people are in Ontario? <clears throat> uh,
1: not, there's not a lot of people in Canada in general. Yeah. So uh, it, it's <clears throat> not as bad. And uh, I do have a friend who works in a hospital downtown. And he said it's it's a lot better than before. So mm. I think we're in the right direction. Like He's starting to take in regular yeah. patients. So it's been pretty good.
0: <clears throat> wait you how long have you been there i feel like you've uh, been there for a while
1: yeah i came back end of april so yeah it, it's been a while <laughs> how's it going in singapore
0: it's okay um we finished phase two for us recently so more or less everything is back to normal it's kind of on the same schedule as new york city you can pretty much do anything you want i think they're even opening movie theaters on wednesday here and it's sunday today so it's kind Ooh. of it's kind of soon. Yeah, I mean people here are generally like unafraid. Like I see a lot of people like in standing in circles and like smoking outside and stuff.
1: Ooh, and okay. when you
0: when you eat too, like there's a lot of people eating inside and like they don't have their masks on. And you're supposed mm-hmm. to like put your mask on if you're not actively chewing, but people just take it off at the end of the day. So yeah. I guess it's nice to see everyday back, but especially if you keep track with what's going on in like the west. Mm-hmm. And you just think about like the science of what's happening when these guys are like chewing away in these like confined spaces i don't yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping this is gonna be okay for a while, but I guess we'll see right,
1: yeah, what's the case count like over there
0: so they they do it differently. It's like there's two groups. I get a text from the government every day.
1: Nice. There's two
0: groups, one is like people in the community, like everyday people. And the other is cases in dormitories, which means that they're, they're basically migrant workers who live in all these dormitories. Mm-hmm. So they live like 10 people in an apartment or something or 20 people in an apartment. They're just squished in. So there's these guys from like India or Malaysia or like other countries uh, that live together. And the government has actually forced them to stay in those dormitories. So the case of every day is like, okay, like maybe like five or 10 people or three people in the community. But in the dormitories, every day is like 100 or 200 and they're just, like, leaving them to to basically get infected because they're not allowed to leave, right? That way, the community doesn't get infected. That's how they're handling oh it here. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, if you're, like, part of the chosen non-dormitory workers, like, it's pretty great. If you're in the dorms, like, I I can't really speak to, like, how that's being improved at all.
1: That sounds... Uh,
0: it's just separate. It's he, almost like in something in a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: that doesn't sound right.
0: That's what's happening. So I guess it's interesting. I'm sure you hear about like Singapore or Taiwan or Korea in the news, but I wonder like what parts of it you hear, because uh. that's like a very like one on one thing about how like the stuff is being managed here. And if you describe it to anybody from the West, it's a little different, right? <laughs> <Okay. I'm not laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my God! I that's. That's interesting to hear, because we I I don't hear about that in the news. I do, I I did I do think I read about something similar in Hong Kong, um, but I didn't know that they were keeping them from going outside. That's that that.
0: I don't know if that happens in Hong Kong. That's inhuman,
1: in, inhumane! Like that's not right.
0: Yeah, there's know. a very like the system here is very much based on like what ethnicity are you, what class are you. Um yeah there's even rules cuz like apartments even have like helpers quarters built in because a lot of apartments they have live in helpers who are from like the Philippines yeah. and so there's literal laws around like they they all need to take sunday off like oh, it's okay. all like it's like built into the law like what types of people do what or like what races there's like race quotas on apartments here so the system is very much like they've like prescribed everything so even during the pandemic it's still like these types of people will stay there and they have their own separate like case count versus other oh, non groups so that's one way to do it i suppose cuz there was something like this before right with like the japanese cruise ship where this cruise ship was like off the coast of japan and you have one group of people that's like okay japan's not going to get infected as long as that ship doesn't like hit the hit the dock on the other hand all these guys are like there's so many people of different nationalities who are being stuck on that boat and they have no choice and they're probably going to get it if they're all stuck in one space. So like, which way is right? It's mm. kind of a hard dilemma, right? Like, what yeah. do you do in that case with the ship?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. This is really like eye-opening because in many ways, this, is, this almost sounds worse than, than the U.S., Like how they're treating these immigrants do you think so and i don't okay maybe you should cut this whole part i don't want to dwell on like you know um serious topics because this is our first podcast Uh, i just it yeah maybe i shouldn't have touched on that subject but i just i don't feel like it's right um and i can't and maybe i should backtrack i don't think it's worse than the us um but it's definitely something that i didn't really think about or really get into the details of and i don't and i think it's something that that should be addressed it doesn't sound right you know
0: yeah i mean this entire situation with the covid pandemic is like a whole like movie scenario that you couldn't even imagine before, right? And each country is like dealing with it or reacting to it in such a different way. Like the U.S. is not really dealing with it. It's more like they're reacting to it, right? Mm -hmm. And the reaction is like, oh my, what the fuck is going on, right? And then Singapore is like, I guess you can call it more dealing with it because they're taking more actions that make sense. But it's like, oh wow, these actions are like pretty movie-like, right? I wouldn't have imagined this. Um, mm-hmm. but there's just so many of these different stories around the world, so when you're getting the news every day, like, you can only learn about so much of these. Even for you, right? Because, like, you're in Canada because the whole visa situation didn't work out, right? Yeah. And now it's like, you thought that was bad? Now nobody is getting that, right? I I, I actually don't know that much because I don't read the New York Times every day. I just hear mm-hmm. anecdotes from people who have been affected, or like have heard a rumor that this might happen. And so they had to fly somewhere early. And so I'm actually curious to hear, um, from a Singapore perspective, I guess it's surprising how they basically split the population and dealt with it differently. Um, Mm -hmm. In the US, something similar is also happening, right? But it's less about like quarantining and more about, are you like an American or not, right?
1: right so
0: what what's going on i'm curious yeah. to hear i really don't know
1: yeah let me give you a little background um so my visa situation had nothing to do with what's currently going on like with the executive order um or covid for that matter it kind of it kind of was impacted by covid but my visa was expiring in january and typically you put an extension request and My lawyers all do that as part of my company. And um, they did put it in a couple months before, Uh, but during that time we had to transition to another law firm, So um, it kind of slowed down the process a little bit. Uh, And then around the time the pandemic hit, um, so my visa expired in January, I filed for an extension. So legally I'm still allowed to work until I get a response back. Uh, The response didn't come back until Uh, April in which it said my visa was denied Um, so usually this is very common for H-1B visa holders um, my lawyers told me they just need to file for like I guess it's called a repeal Um, so they filed it again and because of COVID uh, there was no premium processing Um, basically it just delayed the whole process by a very long time And I'm currently in that process right now. And because of that, as soon as I got that denial, I am no longer legally allowed to work. So I came back to Canada and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I reached out to my lawyers after the executive order came through and they said it wouldn't impact me. So they were still going through with the uh, application process. So I think um, what I know is that H-1B visa... um, suspension i guess is what they call it as part of the executive order uh it only affects new new applicants uh i did talk to our friend ish she yeah. said she flew back um she flew back to new york uh because she was scared that it would affect her visa but she said it wouldn't so i i think it's uh Maybe, maybe I'm not up to date uh, on all the c- terms and conditions, but that is what I know. Um, so right now, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't impact me, um, but it would impact everyone who is looking to apply for a visa right now.
0: So someone who doesn't have H-1B but wants to get H-1B, they don't even have a chance, right?
1: Not this year. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of people... Um, like, students who study abroad, they have, I think it's an OTP, it's another visa, and I think they get maybe, like, two years grace period in which they can apply for H-1B visa. One of my friends is actually part of that, and she said hers is, ex- is expiring end of this year, so she'll have to get an H-1B visa by then, or else she will have to leave. So, that is a more serious impact compared to, like, me or ish.
0: yeah. Because when you mm-hmm. run out of OPT, you have to go to the H-1B lottery, right? Yes. So you, they didn't even get a shot at the lottery. So if OPT ends, they're leaving the country no matter what, right? Yeah. For, for yeah. you guys, for you and Ish, you have H-1B, but you needed to renew. Ish is renewing this summer?
1: I think she's just on, Oh, renewing this summer. I don't know when hers expires, but she was already September, on it. Yeah. I
0: believe so Mm -hmm. for her she can just renew it is that not going to be an issue
1: no uh, i don't think so at least like that's what my lawyers told me in mine already expired i i wouldn't even know if it's at this point considered an extension or a new visa um in the way that like the technicalities of it but so far it's okay on my end
0: so wait is yours coming back then you're gonna have a new one
1: yeah, they already filed, but I I really don't have a lot of faith in how long this will take.
0: Because um, it's tied, tied to, probably,
1: yeah, it's tied to the company. Yes.
0: And you're just waiting, and you you're yeah. not working now, right?
1: No, I'm on unpaid leave, which oh. has been a great blessing in disguise, because I have so much time to do whatever I want, and I picked up a lot of hobbies. So that's been it's been good. It's been productive.
0: Tell me, tell me what's what you tried, what sticks, what doesn't, yeah, oh
1: my God, mm. okay, let's start in the very beginning, yeah, uh, which is watching a lot of television. <laughs> I never used to watch like documentaries that much. I watch a whole lot um since the pandemic started, so that was good, um, did that one thousand piece puzzle, which is weird to say, I mean. It's common to say now, but I don't think anyone I know actually have done it before until the pandemic.
0: Does it bring you joy to do the 1,000-piece puzzle? I feel like oh 1,000, like puzzles, uh, Scrabble, I don't know. All these games that require, you're just, you're just trying to think pretty hard. And at the end of the day, you just kind of get a picture that you could have looked up on Google Maps or Google oh, Images, thank you for and I'm that. thinking like I don't know. I don't know when I put myself through that. Like, well, where where's the joy? Is the joy just in accomplishing, like putting it together?
1: I think it's the challenge, especially especially the puzzle that I bought. It it literally is like shades of pink and white, but like speckles of black. Like just the color scheme. It, it's it's um it's actually really pretty. It's um it's a vintage cover of what was it? I want to say Vogue. It might not have been Vogue, but it was like a 1928 uh, vintage cover. And I thought it was really mm. pretty. And because it's so big, I can, I looked up ways to like glue it, um, kind of glue it onto a backboard and then frame it together. I haven't uh-huh. done
0: that
1: Yeah. So that, that was kind of the incentive. Um,
0: did you finish it?
1: I did. It's so funny. Cause I, I finished it in New York and the coffee table that I did it off of was really tiny, so I had to do it in segments. And then Mm -hmm. once I finished like the, say, the top one third, I flipped it over and I labeled it and I put it into like these little baggies and I separated it so that when I come back to Canada, I can kind of work on my project and gluing it together. So I haven't even taken it out of the box, but I've organized it in a way that I can re-piece it back together very fairly quickly and then I can make a frame picture out of it so that was cool I do think it is very labor intensive I have never complained about my back so much when I was working on that puzzle
0: is there a good (laughs) form is there like a proper form or posture to do it I'm sure if you go on like an enthusiast (laughs) form they have like oh my god rookie like 101 mistakes like you're doing it sitting (laughs) like I'm sure there's stuff like that right
1: yeah yeah can you imagine I was sitting on my couch leaning over the coffee table i wasn't even sitting on the ground which i think is probably a better idea for your Mm -hmm. back yeah that that maybe less for your
0: neck as you're like craning around to like see what's going on
1: oh yeah oh my gosh i had so much back and neck problems for that whole month
0: (laughs) you're 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 just like the folks who are like doing office work right like nobody nobody escapes from this corona with anything intact right like your back's (laughs) gonna hurt your neck's gonna hurt something's something's gonna be itching
1: Oh yeah, people have to really, really uh, invest in the ergonomics these days, like setting up their home office and. You I'm have also how long we were talking about that?
0: <laughs> no, I mean like the puzzle. Like the thing is, like back in the day, your only your hobbies were like, oh, what kind of bars or clubs or restaurants you like to go to, right? Um, that's what a lot of people <laughs> will talk about, and now it's like, oh, I do like puzzles, or like, oh, I do knitting, or like, <laughs> crochet. Oh, yeah, or like, oh, I don't know. I'm sure you've done a lot of those, oh, I've done this or that at this point, right? Like, what else have you done?
1: Um, uh, I was uh, braiding friendship bracelets. Oh, yeah. Uh, as soon as the uh, pandemic started, um, I've braided probably 20-something, I would say. And at first, it was, like, braided very well and, like, with a lot of love. It's still braided with um a lot of precision i would say but it's slowly because of the sheer volume it turned to resentment (laughs) i'm just like braiding sitting there braiding and i was like oh my god i can't do this and again my neck was hurting so much
0: Mm. um
1: yeah i i still do it on and off did i even offer to make you one i will make you one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, don't <want> one. <laughs>
0: you don't have to it sounds like it's not bringing you too much joy so we can le- we can uh, put that off the table
1: <laughs> it's, it's fine now because i'd probably do one a week or one every two weeks so it's okay it's okay now before i was doing like i don't know 10 in a week Ooh, on top of working because that was before mm. i um, my visa situation came in
0: so you were mentioning making the bracelets. You also mentioned when we first got on the call, you also tried to make a podcast. Like I'm looking at you right now and you have a pretty legit mic. I wasn't expecting this at all, actually. This is probably <laughs> going to be the least editing I'll have to do, so thank you. But oh you, bought, you 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 got this as a gift. You have this gift that you got a couple of years ago and then you try to do something with it. So as a fellow creator... You need to share your perspective with me. Tell me the story. I'm curious.
1: Okay. Um, it's, there's no story.
0: Ah, there's always a story.
1: <laughs> um, I, it's, it's something that I wanted to do before. And I've got, I, I got this mic probably eight years ago. Um, back then, it wasn't that I wanted to do a podcast. I kind of wanted to sing um that's when i picked up the guitar and i was like okay i really want to like see what i've you seen play. you play Record the guitar
0: mm. oh have you yeah no
1: way yeah when?
0: yeah that's not Man. a surprise to me There, there's no way it wouldn't be a surprise to me unless i've seen it before
1: oh interesting i can't say but you I... had a
0: voice of an angel or anything but i it's not an <sighs> unfamiliar fact like i've definitely i've definitely seen you perform in some fashion or another <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll give you the benefit of the doubt though we'll continue uh
1: thanks well well to your point I didn't really like my voice on recording so I did it a couple of times and I was like okay this is not for me um and then afterwards I did something for my friend's birthday I kind of did like um like a quick radio-esque podcast kind of thing and I sent it to her and then um I posted it somewhere uh and then a couple of friends were like oh like I like your voice when you talk in the microphone. Uh, can you do this? And it, it kind of, I kind of did. Um, it never amounted to anything because school got busy. This was back in university, uh, so I kind of it, it started collecting dust. So, mm. and then now we fast forward to today. I actually haven't told anybody this, um, but when I was little, uh, you, you know how kids want to be i don't know an actor actress astronomer i don't a, a astronaut i don't know about that I don't
0: last okay astronaut yeah. okay so i uh-huh.
1: I, <laughs> I always wanted to be a voice actress
0: and uh-huh. i thought it
1: was really cool um yeah so after all of this Uh, you know, the visa situation, and I came back home, and I saw my mic, and I was like, okay, I wonder what it's like, like, what does it take to be a voice actress, and I actually googled it, and like, you know, just looked it up. I'm by no means wanting to be a voice actress, I just kind of got curious, and apparently you needed a, a voice demo reel, so I thought it was really cool, and actually, I used this mic to make a demo reel. It was so much fun to do it, but it was like a lot of work. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, like, like, let me see what it's like to narrate. And then, so I actually auditioned for audiobooks on Audible and I actually got a gig. So that's why I have this mic set up already. Um, I am recording an audiobook and producing it, um, it's like the first time I've done something like this and I thought it was really cool. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it because apparently you need like a better mic and like you should see my setup. I just have a bunch of like clothes on my clothes rack just to like muffle the sound. It's been, it's been interesting and I've been quite enjoying it, but there's a lot of work that that needs to get put into developing an audiobook because um, you're the, the producer for it. So that's that. Maybe I'll just do one audiobook and call it call it a day. I don't know. So the, so
0: there's Audible, they have a they have a book they want to convert into an audiobook and so they'll auction it off to you or assign it to one of the people that they have freelancing for them. How's that so, structure work?
1: Yeah, so um the the audiobook or specifically Audible, um it's kind of like a free market. So if you own say like a a ebook um or an actual book and you want to turn it into an audio book you just put up the request on the audible website um it's actually called acx uh and you can audition for it and then if they like you they'll offer you the gig
0: so they they put a book up there and they have you read like a passage
1: yeah there's auditions yeah and then and then they get to kind of hear your voice what it's like yeah
0: Wow, how lucrative is this? Is your no. business career done?
1: No, definitely not. This is kind of like a side thing. I don't even think it earns that much money. Um it it's a lot of work for how much you get. I don't think it's lucrative at all. Um but I do think it kind of pushes me to a place where I wanted to be when I was little, like, you know, being able to yep. feed, like, you know, be able to humor myself and say, "Okay, you gave it a shot," like, and I really don't have much going on right now, so this has been pretty fun, uh, and I would say it's a good experience. I always wanted to try something new, so I'm enjoying it.
0: <laughs> what What book are you gonna be recording?
1: That is a secret.
0: <laughs> ah wait can we see the credits we can't see the credits when we go on audible and look for a book or we search for the voice i don't think so what genre <laughs> can we at least get that
1: it's non-fiction
0: can i get that
1: <laughs> well we'll see
0: <laughs> oh no 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 yo this I'm, is i'm crazy. actually
1: it's not like something that i'm like very proud of because i'm still in the works and i'm mm. I realized that this is going to be so funny, like why, why is she reading an audiobook? I realized that I'm not very good at pronouncing some words. Like I pronounce it incorrectly. Um, and, and I think like it from everyday speech, it's fine. But then when I see the word and then I'm like, is that the right way to print? Like every time I see a word that I don't, I'm not confident in, I have, I have to Google it and make sure I pronounce it right. It's usually, like, words that you don't really use, like, I don't know, I can't think of one right now, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess you just don't use it that much, so you can't think
1: of it. Yeah, so that's been pretty time-consuming, I think, but good learning experience, trying to think the positives.
0: Do you know if there's a community out there and they tell you certain things that you need to get in on this? Or is it a very fiercely competitive one, dog-eat-dog, nobody-help-nobody?
1: Uh, audio book reading correct um no i i don't think so um I, actually i don't know i actually um, watch a lot of like videos go out when i read it like i googled a lot about this mm-hmm. um it sounds to me that i think getting a lot of offers is tough but honestly if i were to be very very honest with you i only audition for two bucks Uh, one book got pulled out um, and this is the other book so for me I guess it's like a 50% success rate maybe 100 if you don't count the book that got pulled out Um, but it sounds like if you really want to land like a really good gig say like a fiction book where you have to do like different character voices I think it's going to be a lot tougher so one um, person
0: will do all those voices.
1: Yeah, yeah. You ha- It's almost like voice acting. So
0: Grumpy the prison guard and then like Peach the princess. Like you're voicing yeah. both of those roles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> way, I, I don't know if you've heard audiobooks before. They don't really change it that much, but they do oh. it they do, do it a little bit differently. The voices. Um, I, I listen to a lot of um, like memoirs. So I think it, it's I don't think it's that different, but you do have to have some sort of acting in your voice, if you know what I mean. Um, A nonfiction book is so much easier to read, uh, so just fruit for thought.
0: Wow. It's going to take quite some time to read a book out loud, and then you have to produce it afterwards, right?
1: Oh, my God. For every one hour, I think it's six hours of work, and a book is... uh, Anywhere so one hour
0: head. of recording and then five hours of like producing or like post editing? Yeah.
1: One hour of recording and six hours of producing. Um, and so after you get the gig you have to do like a fifteen minute sample and make sure it's good. That was my first time producing the audio bit and that took me hours. Like I think I think I was dwelling too much on like the like making it perfect and i think sometimes people don't hear some things that you think that they'll hear. You're just a lot more critical of yourself when you're listening to it. So i'm trying to be a lot more efficient. We'll see how that goes.
0: How interesting will voice acting be like for a cartoon?
1: Um I don't maybe i should show you my demo reel one day. It's uh <laughs> It's 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 interesting <clears throat> to say the least. Caleb has heard it. He's the only other person who has ever heard my demo reel. No one else has heard it. And I'm very embarrassed.
0: Do you read a passage or do you act something out? How is the I demo just, reel coming I I script
1: it myself. Um, I found mm-hmm. non-copyright background music. Um, so it's kind of like producing mm-hmm. all the sounds. And if I could, like if someone had an animation for me to produce, I would love to do that. I think that's like something that I really wanted to do when I was little. Um, But now I'm kind of, you know, just... uh,
0: So I imagine that's probably the most time-consuming thing you've done then.
1: I was also busy baking a lot. Oh, yeah. I actually have never baked before uh, December 2019. So baking is a very new thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of my friends have birthdays in the summer. And because of COVID, they can't go out and celebrate. So we've just been responsibly responsibly doing picnics. Um, and I've been baking all the cakes and I've been really enjoying it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I made like banana bread
0: coffee. out of my rice cooker. That oh, was no my way. that was my one take.
1: It, you, it turned out to, pretty
0: good. Do you have to have
1: the pan and put it in the
0: well what? the regular rice pot that you would put your rice in and put water oh, no in. Way. That's where you do it. So I think it it came out great, but what, what lost it for me, like how I ended up not doing it ever again after that was holding that amount of butter and sugar and physically putting it into that pan and knowing it's going to be in my stomach soon. Oh my goodness, man. Like this is, we're not even talking about a croissant. We're talking about a regular banana bread, which in many, many instances is often dry and tasteless to know that to get it to some level that tastes like something requires that much butter and sugar and honey, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't look at a pastry or think about making one again after that.
1: I have you, are cold-blooded. you are cold blooded.
0: You are cold blooded if you're still doing that day in and day out.
1: I. That's funny you say that because I don't. I don't eat sweets that much, and when I follow a recipe, I one follow an Asian recipe because I feel like they tend to be a little less sweet. Um oh. and two, I actually put less sugar than the recommended amount, but mm. yeah i I follow I follow like Western recipes for things like banana bread and chocolate chip cookies it 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 tastes so good, but oh yeah. my God, yeah, it's so sweet <laughs> I'm actually oh um tomorrow yeah. I'm gonna bake um chocolate chip cookies and brownies, and I'm gonna make. Uh, Mango pancakes Hong Kong style I think mango pancakes Hong Kong style, style Is the best thing that I've learned to make It's so easy And you never have to go outside to buy it ever again It's super easy
0: So that actually makes me wonder Because one is like Your accent is quite easy for most people to understand And then you bring in this Hong Kong bit So I actually never asked you Where have you lived and when you think about even your accent, right? Or even the types of food that you like, where can you trace it back to? As a, as a budding voice actress and chef, I'm wow, curious don't to know. Say.
1: <laughs> amateur. This is amateur hour. You're talking
0: to <laughs> amateurs. Yeah, just a bunch of amateurs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I actually didn't realize I have an accent. Do I have an accent? I feel like I have a every, little bit of a Chinese accent.
0: Every person has an accent. Okay. Um, right?
1: Yeah. I I never noticed before. I thought I had a very, very Western, maybe Canadian accent. Um, but then when I heard myself for some of the things that I say during the audio recordings, I feel like I have a little bit of a Chinese accent. Like, I I've I was in China... Uh, I lived in China up until I was six years old, so I never had schooling there, and my Chinese right now is so bad, I just really didn't feel like I was that Chinese, like I want to be, but I didn't realize my accent was, had a tinge of Chinese, it's kind of weird to say, Um, Hmm. but anyways, the accent is from Canada.
0: So after six, you went to Canada.
1: Actually, after six, I went to Arizona. (laughs) My dad was doing school in Arizona. And then two, three years later, we moved to Canada. So Canada has been...
0: Oh, and you've been in Canada all the way through, right?
1: Yeah, all the way until I graduated. And then I moved to New York for work. And yeah.
0: That always confused me because you were always in New York, but you never had a residence here. You were always on terrence's couch right how's that work
1: (laughs) we're gonna cut that out
0: no this this is actually this is actually something i've been dying to know because you were you were living in new york but not living in new york
1: oh okay so how's that work so i was living in new york for um a year and a half when i was on a project locally and then i moved to california because i had two projects there so all in the bay area so i was there for another year and a half um and then i actually moved to seattle like my office was based out of seattle because i got a house there and um tax wise it was also very smart for me to do that um and the reason why I crashed on Terry's couch was because I started visiting New York more often when I started working in the and the East Coast again. Um, so I was in New Jersey, I was in Florida. Um, and although I didn't go to New York that often, I went there probably once a month, once every two months. And Terry was very, very nice to offer his couch when I did come and I only came for the weekend. So I think when I do see you, I am crashing at Terry's couch. Um but usually I'm not I'm not there all that
0: much. I've seen you more often than that, but we'll just we'll we'll go over that point. What? (laughs) Once every two months? Are you kidding me, man?
1: Once a month, once every two months. It really depends on like the season. Like if it was around Christmas I I didn't even come. So yeah. I just How'd
0: how'd you pick Seattle then? If you're if you're spending a good amount of time in New York visiting I guess Seattle is where you'd prefer to be long term, or why buy uh, the house? Family reasons? Was,
1: yeah, yeah. My mm. parents wanted to to move there, and so I got a house there. Yeah, but I, they're I
0: tra- still in Canada, right?
1: No, no. They're they're in Seattle. Um, but because of COVID, my dad did, my dad came back. Um, mm. but I travel so much for work that it really doesn't quite matter. Um, where my permanent, it's not like I want to completely settle down in Seattle. I mean, I've thought about it. Um, but right now, um, it's just hard going cross country when I was working in the East coast. Um, so it is what it is.
0: So I'm curious then you had this lifestyle that was enabled basically by the consulting career, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then we also have a lot of this kind of visa and um, perhaps discomfort about being certain race, right, in the US or maybe even Canada that may change how you think about long-term. So I think long-term, I'm curious, where do you stand now when it comes to where you might want to live and what kind of job you might want to do? After all those years of consulting, after living in all those places you listed, yeah. And then after seeing what's happening lately with policy and with people's attitudes that are out in the open more than ever.
1: Um, that's tough to say. Um, I've been trying to think about what I want to do. Um, I do really want to stay in the U.S. because I have a lot of friends there, people I really love. Um And I've always kind of fantasized about settling down in California. Uh, But I think because because of all the uncertainty, I I can't say what it is I will do. Um, Once my visa is processed, then I'm likely to go back to work. Or maybe I'll find another job. I don't know. Um, But if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to cry over it. Uh, There's so much of the world I want to see. I thought about moving to London. I thought about moving to Asia. Uh, I thought about backpacking in Southeast Asia because I think a lot of people have done that post-graduation, but I have not. Um, And just living there for a few months, uh, taking it easy, trying to do something for myself. Um, Yeah, I I think we're all still quite young despite being quote-unquote millennials um yeah there's a lot to explore I'm really excited um I love that there's uncertainty right now because I'm someone who can't figure out what I really want to do so I usually let life take the reins and that's how I determine what I'm going to do next kind of go with the flow in some way um I actually am someone who does not like a lot of options because I'm super indecisive I don't know if you already know that um so I'm just going to see how this all pans out, and for now I'm just doing my own thing. Pick up more hobbies. I actually bought a piano the other day.
0: You uh, bought a piano the other day. I bought a banana the, life- the <laughs> other day. You bought a piano the other day. The a hell is this?
1: Piano. A digital piano, like a digital keyboard.
0: The hell is a digital uh, piano? Like, like you, uh, you, it's is it one of those like electrical keyboards?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's um think about like the keyboards you would see, say at Costco, it's kind of like that. Um, it's a lot more sophisticated than what I was used to a few years back. The keys are a little heavier. It kind of mimics an actual piano, but not really. Um, and I bought like a 61 key one. So it's it's on the smaller side. Um, because I, I like to sing despite, you know, everything that we talked about. I do like to sing. Um, I just think I wanted to pick up the piano and learn the accompaniment. I kind of learned the theory before I purchased the piano to see if I, I was going to have like a steep learning curve, um, but yep. it came, I practiced, uh, learned a couple of songs, still practicing and it's been a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> wow. I wonder if you're less inclined to stick with consulting now and maybe oh, try some of this. God. Like really invest some time fed. in some of this.
1: <laughs> I can't get, I can't put food on the table with my hobbies. Um, these are just things I want to do. I, I do, I do have like these thoughts, like oh, like should I even go back to consulting? Because it's like, like the hours are so long—twelve hours, fourteen-hour days. Like I, I wouldn't have time and the mental energy to want to pick up any of these hobbies. So I kind of thought about it, but then, you know, I need a way to earn money. Um,
0: So with all that, right, you've mentioned 15 (laughs) different mediums, and (laughs) right, of media as well as other hobbies. Mm -hmm. It's July. Holy crap, it's July, first of all. I live in a place where the weather's the same every day, so it's an absolute shock. Every time I look at the calendar, what day it is or what date in the year it is, because there's no other way to tell. Oh, my God. For the rest of the year, then because I have no idea how long we're going to be stuck inside and it's it's conceivable it could be for a couple of more months or even until December mm-hmm. right it's not that impossible to imagine what are you most excited about in terms of pursuing any of these things that you've listed
1: I don't I don't know see that's the beauty of uncertainty and spending your time however you want to like one day like one day I was really into reading productivity books uh, one day, I really want to play my piano. Like, everything is there for me to do. And I think um, I'm always coming up with new ideas every week, every few weeks, every few months. So I can't tell you for sure. Where do you but get them? These ideas? Yeah. I don't know. I just suddenly, I am I just feel like doing something. I'm like, oh, I never mm. tried that before. Like, maybe I should go do that. Um, maybe play more piano music. I think that that's in the horizon. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll learn more about like small businesses. I'm really interested in learning how they're like formed, how they're made. Um, I don't really have a small business idea myself, but I think I'm always trying to learn new things. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to do that. And I I see it from like a place of, uh, I'm grateful where I am that I have like my parents' house to be in. Like disposable income that I saved up, um, so I'm trying to make the most out of it. I know, I know a lot of people can't actually do that, so it's very unfortunate. Yeah.
0: This is still pretty exciting. I didn't know you were up to so many different things that I haven't heard a single other person doing half of this stuff. So this is pretty <laughs> cool to hear. <laughs> and I, I didn't know I didn't know about any of this before I came on the recording today all i knew was that we were supposed to talk so this is actually pretty pretty cool and i i want to i want to hear some of this stuff even if it's offline willa thank (laughs) you so much for coming on
1: thank you for Uh, having me
0: and i hopefully uh this is not the last episode that we have any last any last comments or words for our handful of listeners really a handful (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, I really enjoy this. My first podcast, my first official podcast experience.
0: Thank you. Nothing more official than an amateur one. Thank you, (laughs) Willa. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.